Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas. I am your host and unconscious mind expert, Jenea Barnes. Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. I am here today to talk about this thing called secondary gain. Secondary gain means basically you get some benefit from keeping your problem. You have a problem and you do maybe a behavior that you don't like, but secretly and unconsciously underneath it all, you're getting some benefit And sometimes this benefit is enough to make you unconsciously not want to get rid of the problem. It's a very common form of self-sabotage. You know, self-sabotaging sagas. It's why we're here to talk about the reasons why we self-sabotage. And most of the reasons we self-sabotage are because of something usually going on unconsciously. Now, consciously, we know what we want to do. We want to make a lot of money. (laughs) We want to have great relationships. We want to be healthy, feel great, all of these things. And how many of those things do you have? I have some of those things. I'm pretty healthy. I feel pretty great. I I could be a little healthier and in better shape. I definitely know I sabotage myself there. Um, most of my relationships are good and they can always get better, closer, more connected, loving, all of those things. And money's good and it can get better. But this idea of secondary gain, these unconscious reasons why we want to keep our problems. I'll tell you a really simple story or a simple example. Imagine a grandmother or anybody. Imagine somebody, a friend of yours, anybody. Imagine that nobody ever comes to see them. Imagine that they're very lonely and they get into an accident. They hurt themselves and they need some help. They need some support. They need somebody to come over and bring them food. So maybe their kids come over and bring them food if you know they have grown kids or maybe their friends come over and bring them food whatever it is and then they get better and then all of a sudden that love and attention and those people coming to visit are gone so over time this person could develop a fear of leaving the house now if they're afraid to leave the house somebody has to come over to bring them the resources the things they need to survive So occasionally our unconscious mind will devise some irrational thing to help us get the thing that we really want. So the problem in this case is that they're afraid to leave the house, but really they don't want to get over this problem deep down, secretly, unconsciously. They're not even aware of it because If they got rid of the problem, if they could go out and get their own groceries, then nobody would come to visit them. So this is a way that we could, a person could use secondary gain to keep their problem. 
For instance, I have told this story, I think, before, but I used to be a smoker and I was trying to quit for eight years. Eight years I was trying to quit. But the thing is, is that what I did not know at the time was that I used smoking to get connection. So for me, that secondary gain was connection. I was a bartender. I'd go outside. I'd be able to talk to my friends while smoking a cigarette. Lots of my friends smoked. I would talk on the phone and smoke a cigarette. I would have all of these associations, parties and camping, and all of these associations that were connected to smoking and connection and having these great conversations. I had so many great conversations outside smoking cigarettes with my friends. Well, I wanted to quit. I was trying to quit. I spent eight years quitting. I was sick all the time because I was a smoker. And every time I quit smoking, I would stay healthy. And as soon as I would start smoking, I would get sick again. And you would be like, well, why is this person not able to quit? Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, I had a secondary gain of connection through smoking. And what it took for me to give up smoking was I lost my voice for 10 straight days while I was at a big party. <laughs> I was at Burning Man. I could not speak for 10 days while I was at a big party. So here I was meeting people, hanging out with my friends, and I could not connect to them because I was sick from smoking. So my unconscious mind said, oh, this is not the way we are going to get that secondary gain anymore. We are going to just get rid of that habit. And we did. I did. I stopped smoking after that, never looked back. It was easy. Change happened in an instant. These unconscious shifts happen in an instant and they create instantaneous change, which is amazing and great. Except, you know, I still needed that connection. So what I did was I leaned in to drinking a little bit more. That was another way that I got connection. And for the next few years, I leaned into drinking quite a bit more. And I never really put two and two together until I really started to understand that smoking for me created a secondary gain. So unconsciously, I was choosing to keep my problem of smoking because of the connection that I gained. And once my unconscious mind knew that it could no longer get the connection because it would make me lose my voice, then I leaned into something else to get that connection, to get that secondary gain. I remember smoking is a funny thing. One of my first mentors told me, like, you've got to look for these secondary gains when you're trying to get rid of a problem in your life. So he told me the story of a woman that ended up in a divorce because she quit smoking. She had been trying to quit for a long time and finally went to this person and the person helped her quit smoking. And that was amazing, except a little while later, not too long after, her marriage started to fall apart. 
and her marriage fall, fell apart because the only time that her and her husband had to connect on their own was on the porch while smoking cigarettes. And so once they didn't have that time to connect one-on-one, -on -one, their marriage started to fall apart. So when you are looking to shift behaviors, one thing to really look at is to check in with yourself and see like, hey, am I gaining something by having this negative behavior? What are the possible benefits of me keeping this negative behavior? And, and list them out. What, what could possibly be a benefit of keeping the behavior? And here's a big one. And I come across this one time and time again with my clients. One of the biggest reasons why people unconsciously choose to keep their problems is so that they do not have to take responsibility for their life. I'm going to say that again. One of the biggest reasons people unconsciously choose to keep their problems is so that they do not have to take responsibility for their life. The story kind of goes like this, or the thought process or the unconscious thing that's being fed is that, well, I do not, if I become feel like I am worthy, if I feel like I am totally worthy, then that means I have to actually do something to keep my self-worth up. I have to keep my self-esteem up. Your every action that you do either damages your self-esteem or it builds your self-esteem. And if you choose to say, well, I'm unworthy, I'm going to sit in this unworthiness, or I'm bad with names, or I'm not great a great salesperson, whatever it might be, whatever the problem might be, if you are choosing to not take responsibility for the problem and do something, you're damaging your self-esteem and your self-worth. But again, a lot of times this becomes the unconscious thing where you do not want to take responsibility. I don't want to have to take responsibility for that. So I'm going to blame it on somebody else because then I don't have to do a thing. I don't have to step outside of my comfort zone. I don't have to own up to the role that I've played in my life. And so that avoidance of taking responsibility for the role that you're playing in your life, the role that's damaging your self-esteem and your self-worth is a big, huge secondary game. I don't have to face it. I don't have to do it. Nope. I don't have to do anything if it's somebody else's fault. If my parents are the reason why I feel unworthy, then I don't have to do anything about it. If my boss is a jerk and that's why I'm miserable at work, then I don't have to do anything about it. That avoidance of responsibility is one of the biggest 
biggest secondary gains of not getting rid of your problems. Think about that. Where in your life are you not taking responsibility? I know I've not done it a whole bunch of times and I'm never doing it consciously. You ca I'll catch myself in this loop of, well, I've got to do this and this and this, and I can't do this because of that. I'll tell myself these stories and they're bullshit, people. They're bullshit. My life is 100% my responsibility. So all of that, me saying it's something outside of me that is the reason why I don't have the thing that I want or I have the behavior that is not great. A lot of times we are using it as an excuse to avoid responsibility, taking responsibility, looking in the mirror, looking at ourselves, looking at yourself. So think about what you might be avoiding responsibility for. And now, of course, we get into the things like trauma and all this stuff and all of that stuff, it happens. And it's still your responsibility to move through it. And it sucks that some of this stuff happens. And then you get stuck in this loop of like, it's a trauma response. I can't do anything about it. It's a trauma response. I can't do anything about it. And you get stuck in this place of just pushing it off. Because if you push it off, then you don't have to do anything about your problem. You don't have to take responsibility for your problem. And I'm not saying that trauma is your fault. I'm not saying that. But to heal from it, after it's happened, becomes your responsibility. It may not be a responsibility you chose or you wanted, but it's your choice to stay and keep your problems or to decide that whatever gain you're getting from it is not worth it. A big one people use, especially when bad things happen, um, is they use the bad things for sympathy. How many people are you looking at your Facebook posts and they're like, oh, my life is so terrible. This happened. Why won't my life get better? Everything terrible is happening to me, blah, 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 blah. And then you get a hundred comments, right? Maybe their regular posts get like four to 10 comments. And then this comment gets like a hundred comments of people saying, oh, you're so great. Oh, you're so wonderful. Don't let it get you down. And why? If you're going to get constantly fed all of this attention and these things that might make you feel better in the moment, why would anyone want to get rid of their problems? I mean, it feels good when people shower you with support and love and all of that. So why would anybody want to get rid of their problems? It's a big thing. It's so much easier for people to play the victim and stay in that victim mode. This is everything terrible is happening to me. I can't because dot, 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 dot. I can't because dot, 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 dot. 
I'll say it again. Why can't you? Well, you can. There are other people that have. So that sympathy, that attention that you're craving, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm definitely not saying that. But it's also, are you using your state of victimhood or your problems to gain it? And this comes back to what I was saying before. Every action either builds or diminishes your self-esteem. Now, if using my problems to gain attention and gain affection and try and make myself feel better, stuff the holes inside of me, does that build your self-esteem or does it diminish your self-esteem? Think about it. Now, sometimes you say your problems and it's genuine. You're not doing it for attention and you get that attention and support and it feels nice. And you might catch yourself, oh, doing it a few more times. But the thing you want to do is become aware. Are you talking about your problems because you want to solve them? Are you talking about your problems because you're looking for attention and somebody to make you feel worthy? Because all of that stuff, the avoiding responsibility for your problems is a big source of your feeling unworthiness. And I say number one, number one self-sabotaging thing is self-worth. When people do not feel worthy, they do not allow abundance to come to them. They do not allow love to come to them. They have trouble receiving. They do all of this stuff because they cannot really hold that place of feeling worthy on their own. And it's a tough thing. There's a lot of reasons why maybe you feel unworthy. But one of the things, one of the most important things to start to develop your self-worth is to take responsibility for your problems and look at whether you're using your problems to get some secondary gain. Like for me in that earlier story, I used smoking to get connection. Are you using your problems to get attention, to get affection, to get love? Are you wrapping your problems up in your identity? So these are just things to think about. Again, coming back to that simple thing, everything you do is going to either build or diminish your self-worth. So here's a little experiment y'all can do. The end of the day today, go through your day, go through every single thing you did and think about, hmm, was this something that added to my self-esteem or did it diminish my self-esteem? Did I take responsibility for the role I played in my problem or did I pass it off on somebody else? People, this is one thing that's really funny. Some people are very controlling. They have a lot of control issues. And one of the funniest pieces about control 
is that the more you can take responsibility and be able to clear your emotional triggers, the more control you actually have. And the thing is, it's not that you have control over anything around you because you don't, you can't control the things around you. But when you heal your emotional triggers, when you heal your trauma, when you do that, you can you have more flexibility and control over how you respond to situations because you're not wound up by your emotions. When you take responsibility for each action, it means that you have control over what happens next. Think about that for a second. If I choose to accept my responsibility, like I'll go back to the smoking thing because we've laid that down pretty clearly. So if I choose to accept and take responsibility for my needing connection outside of smoking or drinking, then I could have gone out and done that and cultivated deeper, stronger connections without having to use those tools. I could have worked through my issues around that stuff instead of using smoking and drinking to actually get connection. So me taking responsibility for getting connection gives me more control instead of having to need something outside of me like a cigarette or a drink in order to get the connection. So therefore, by taking care of the issue within me internally, I have more control in my life. By taking care of the internal emotions and triggers and traumas and all of that stuff that's going on within you, you have more control over how you respond to the outside world. That's a really simple thing. So examine today tomorrow. Those things, are they building your self-esteem? Are they diminishing your self-esteem? Are you getting some benefit from keeping your problem? I don't know. Are you? Think about it. So think about the secondary gains you might be getting, and especially as we're moving into the new year. And everybody, this is the time of year, everybody looks at their life, right? They want to say, hey, I want to make some changes. I want to shift some things in my life. And look at your, if you've got some secondary gain. Look at your actions. Are you consistently building your self-esteem or diminishing your self-esteem? And are you allowing your trauma, your past, all of that stuff to defer you from taking responsibility and moving forward in your life? Are you using that stuff as an excuse why you don't feel worthy? Because innately, every single one of you is worthy. It is just a given. It is a given. And so the challenge becomes, how do you convince yourself that you're worthy? Or how do you do the work that you need to do to clear up all that crap that's keeping you from feeling like you're worthy? <laughs>
It's a big one. It's a big one. All right. So it's going to be a short one today. But if anybody is interested and curious about how to clean that stuff up out of your unconscious mind, and I say this because it's a lot faster than fighting through it over and over and over again until your unconscious mind gets it. Because when your unconscious mind gets it, it will shift. And when you get to the root cause of those issues, like for me and the smoking was connection. And ultimately drinking more than I should was also about connection. So once I healed those connection issues, the other stuff was easy. Like the other stuff fall away. I have a couple of drinks from time to time. That's it. But compared to the like, I won't even tell you how many drinks I used to have. But there was a lot more than I used than I do now. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, if you're looking to want to shift or to change any of that stuff and you want to do it quicker, faster, more efficiently than fighting through those triggers day and day after day after day, reach out to me. You can set up a free call with me at JeneaBarnes.com, G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com, or you can send me a message on Facebook, Instagram. I also, in May, have a self-worth workshop coming up for two and a half days. Provided all is well in the world, it will be live in New York City. And if you use the coupon code SSS for self-sabotaging sagas, you will get it for free. So those are the things I have to offer. If you guys have questions, please feel free to reach out. And thank you for listening. I hope you guys all have a beautiful day. And I will talk to you, see you, hear you, all of the things soon. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment, give it a rating, pass it along to your friends, follow it. These actions help other people find this podcast. And I, of course, greatly appreciate it. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.